0: Welcome to More Than a Sign, where we talk to some of Milwaukee's most productive realtors, up-and-coming realtors, and those that work alongside us. However, rather than being a platform for shameful self-promotion, these are intimate discussions about the journey, the struggle, the fear, and ultimately, the personal growth along the way. At the end of the day, nobody really cares about what we do. All that really matters is who we are. Today, we're going to learn who Jody Kurtz is. But before we do, let me tell you a few things about what Jody is doing um so Jody and Carrie own all may um staging, design, and staging uh they have ten employees now, and um I believe they're the busiest staging company in town in the heat of the season. They'll do fifty to fifty five homes simultaneously and I asked Jody how many pillows she has. I figured that would be an interesting measure, and you said 6,000.
1: Yeah, that would be my best guess.
0: Yes. So um, no disrespect, but who cares what we do, right? Let's talk about who Jody is. And um, before we do, I just have to say that, and I've said this to you before, that um, I don't ever remember walking up to somebody. Um, We were meeting on a job site. One of our listing coordinators put the meeting together. And I'm walking down the street towards you, and I look at you and I say to myself, "I'm going to be friends with her forever." and that doesn't happen to me ordinarily, so um, I've, I'll continue to share that as long as we're friends, but <laughs> it was just it was a neat feeling. so thank you for being my friend
1: yeah, that means that means a lot to me i I had a very similar reaction when i when I met you and I think a lot of it was your amazing wardrobe.
0: Right, <laughs> We do threaten to share clothes, but you're going to have to grow about six inches. We did say you could cough. <laughs> let's, We'll end with what you're doing today. Um, but you kind of have this like fascinating journey through life, which I think is really interesting. And let's start back as far as you want to go. And let's just talk about what your journey's been like and how you ended up here.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, a really big part of any part of talking about my journey is growing up in a small farming community in North Dakota. That was a very informative, you know, upbringing. I, I grew up in a town of 1800 that might have been counting the dogs. I'm not totally <laughs> sure. Um, but I, I had a graduating class of 40. Mm. Um, very small, tight-knit community. And that really, um, it's a lot of who I am today, you know, just with supporting, you know, small businesses and, and things like that. And, you know, there was probably a time when I would not have said I loved that part of, of my, my growing up because it was very difficult, you know, being different in, mm-hmm. in a small town, being different, I am. Openly gay and... Uh, I thought you meant short. <laughs> <laughs> um, being short was also challenging because, right. you know, we were a big basketball town. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, looking back on that, I am extremely grateful uh, to to where I grew up and how supportive, um, you know, my family and community were mm. in hindsight. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Okay, so... You went to grade school, high school there. Were you destined for a bigger city? Like, what took you away from?
1: Yeah, I left the day after I graduated. Um, I was not out in high school. And for me, I needed to get away. Mm -hmm. I was actually an exchange student um, in high school. I studied in the Netherlands. Mm. And that, um, for me, you know. Being able to leave, um, it, I, it was very stifling for me. And I knew that I needed to be in a, in a bigger community that was more accepting of who I was. And so I, I moved the day after I graduated high school. Mm-hmm. The only reason I waited a day, there was a really bad rainstorm. And my parents <laughs> wanted to make sure that my 1991 Geo Metro would not <laughs> hydroplane off the road. <laughs> mm-hmm. Where did you go? Um, my first year, I went to the same college that my dad had graduated from. Um, I got a good scholarship and they were a laptop campus and okay. that was a really big deal back in the day, 20 mm-hmm. some years ago. And then I ultimately transferred to Winona State for a year and a half where I, I studied printmaking and then moved up to Minneapolis, the mm-hmm. Twin Cities, um, and spent 13 years there. Ultimately ended up in Milwaukee, which, I always joke with my partner, Carrie, Is kind of like Minneapolis and Chicago had a baby. We absolutely Mm -hmm. love it here.
0: Nice. So you shared with me earlier that you were a police officer. Was that in Minneapolis?
1: Yeah, I was in a suburb of Minneapolis, a community of about 40,000. I was one of 56 officers on the force. And that was definitely, um, I absolutely loved the job. It was great. Um, it was very, very challenging Mm. to be different. Um, when I got hired, I was one of 1200 applicants. Um, it it took about 11 months to go through the hiring process of backgrounding and interviewing and testing and retesting and, um, was really excited when I got hired. It was, um, difficult, Mm. um, you know, to, to get through and be one of, only two of the twelve hundred that got selected, wow, but I was the only gay person on the force um and it became very evident very early on that they did not like that and like somebody being different and
0: hmm. how about I don't have many rules, but let's refer to it as special rather special. than special yeah right okay.
1: right so I, yeah special. Okay. um yeah i don't I don't consider myself different they, they did, but um. Yeah. Yeah, my last shift, I was hit by a drunk driver. And that for me was one of those pivotal moments where I just, you just stop and you look back and you reevaluate and you, you realize that life is too short. And that is when I decided to start my own business. Mm. And And what year was that? I I was hit by a drunk driver in 2011. Were you Um, driving or walking? I was outside of my vehicle. I had gotten into a physical altercation with an individual that was much larger and schizophrenic off his meds. Wow. And my backup was laughing and watching, which sent a very clear message to Mm. the individual that we were dealing with. And you know ultimately it went through a, a long lawsuit and um you know I was on paid leave for for quite a while and i started um up until i officially opened um my own furniture design and building business in 2013 it was kind of that long process of like can i do this is you know it's scary it's mm-hmm. it's, it's really scary to to be an entrepreneur to like venture out and take that risk mm-hmm and I don't think that I would have been able to do it if it weren't for that, you know, that getting hit and really having that hard stop where it's like, what do I really want to do? What makes me happy? What makes me tick, mm-hmm. you know? And that eventually led to home staging. And mm-hmm. it's, yeah, I, I'm i extremely happy and lucky to get to do what I love every single day.
0: So. You've gone into a number of things that weren't, like, natural, weren't easy. I mm-hmm. mean, you've had to kind of persevere with the force. I'm sure starting your own furniture business required perseverance. Um, you know, the odds are stacked against a small, local um, shop. And then one of the things that I think about that required perseverance is when you met Carrie, right? Like, it wasn't a done deal the day you met right
1: right no <laughs> i carrie and i met over 20 years ago mm-hmm. um when i was a volunteer trainer one of my many hats working at the metrodome in in minneapolis for the minnesota twins and vikings played and her medical uh her medical student group was running a concession stand because it was okay. a really good way to raise money when you're a a group, and I was tasked with uh training the money managers, which now is really funny <laughs> because uh Carrie does all the the money she was an econ undergrad and in college, and so we always kind of joke you know that like hey i I really trained you on how to be a money mm-hmm. manager, right. which is totally funny because that's not the case at all. I mean it was I guess at that one point, but yeah, we were friends, and uh, for a long time and We now are together. We have two amazing kids, a five-and-a-half and a Mm -hmm. seven-and-a-half-year-old, and 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 I couldn't be happier.
0: And you seem like super engaged moms, as busy as you both are. I mean, um, she's in healthcare; She's a physician, right? Yeah, she's a physician. And you run this, or you both run this full-time and then some job, but you're always doing things with the kids. How do you do that?
1: It's, yeah, I mean, when we first started the staging company uh, five years ago last month, um, our youngest was not even six months old. And, you know, from the very beginning, um, you know, that has been such a big focus for us, you know, to be able to spend time with the kids and have that work-life balance, Um, you know, and going into, you know, starting a small business, um, with that that in mind and that as our goal has been very, very important. And Carrie is very lucky. Um, you know, she's been at Freighter now for over a decade, so doesn't have to work nights anymore. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we really prioritize family over anything. And I really do have to say that, you know, as much as COVID has been something that, you know, a lot of us – wish would just go away, it really was such an amazing, you know, kind of reset where you really can kind of reset everything, where it's like that, you don't, you don't get more time, you know. It's like being able to really spend that time with your family and your loved ones is so, so important.
0: It's the most precious commodity. and Yeah. When you're a parent, it's a two-way street. Like, you know, part of it is the environment you create, but part of it is the piece of clay, you know, that you're given. And I think we're both very lucky when you bring up COVID. I remember March of 2020 calling my son, Nate, who you might have met. And um, he was living on his own on the east side. And I said, mom and Josh and I are going to quarantine for a couple of weeks. We all thought it was a couple of weeks. And, you know, you're a grown-up and you can stay where you are or you can come stay with us. But if you stay where you are, you have to stay where you are for two or three weeks. You can't come and see us. Mm -hmm. And he was making all sorts of noise and rustling. And I said, are you even listening? And he said, Dad, I'm packing. (laughs) And it was just like the most meaningful. That's like my COVID memory. But, yeah, to be blessed with that time that you wouldn't ordinarily have is pretty magic.
1: I like that. I like the clay thing I might have to steal. Right.
0: What was it like March of twenty twenty when you had warehouse full of furniture, you had employees, you had a high overhead business. Yeah. And it seemed like everything was just gonna shut down for a long time.
1: Yeah. And at that point, that was we were it was our busiest that we had ever been leading up to that. And we for that March and April of twenty twenty we had so many jobs on the books that, you know, it was just, it was a hard stop mm. and it was, you know, once you kind of got past that, oh my gosh, what's going on? You know, cause it, it was almost like something that just didn't really calculate, you know, you're like this, wait, we have to wear masks. Like, <laughs> you know, we, all this, the the new reality, once that kind of sunk in, it was like, okay, wow. Um, You know, luckily a big portion of our business was vacant staging where there was nobody in the house. But I remember, you know, in the beginning, you know, and you probably remember on some of your jobs where we were like, at that time it was like, you need to wipe down all your groceries. You can't touch anything for 72 hours. So we would have our, our team pack and then 72 hours later our movers would move it
2: Hmm. and then
1: we'd wait another 72 hours. So it was, you know, we were really learning a lot, but it was terrifying, you know, because we, we just didn't know. Right. And, you know, I, I want to say that April, we had something like 30 jobs that were scheduled. And I think at the end of the day, we ended up probably staging uh 15 or 16, you know, which we were, we were, you know, fortunate to still have that, you know, there were still people that were needing to move and we kept our head above water. And there was definitely a period where it's like, okay, our warehouse is bursting at mm-hmm. the seams. And so we had, you know, a couple of big warehouse sales and moved a lot of stock on its way, just to streamline and just to be ready for, you know, what could potentially happen um, so that we weren't, we didn't know. And it it ended up being, you know, business came back pretty quickly for us. Um, and we've, we've just been very busy ever since. So we were really lucky in that, you know, people still needed to move. Um, I, I think what happened is, you know, we had a lot more vacant staging, you know, mm-hmm. before that might've been 50, 50 at any given point, 50% of our jobs were vacant and 50% were occupied. It then went to 100% where we, we weren't going into anybody's homes if they were living there just because we didn't know. We didn't want to put anybody's, you know, health at risk. Yeah. And, you know, we, we never really got back to that um, amount of occupied staging and, you know, it which is okay. You know, huh. it's fun when business is always changing, you know, and that's one of the things that I think... Um, Carrie and I really excel at is being able to adapt to those changes and to kind of get out ahead of them and take those risks that um you maybe wouldn't otherwise, if, if you weren't, if you didn't own your own business. So, yeah. And you know, it's definitely a plus that Carrie's a physician and is, you know, has seen COVID from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um And so it's, if there's ever anything, it's like, Hey, what do you, what do you think? What would you do? So it, we're very we're lucky, we're mm-hmm. fortunate.
0: It's a blessing to understand that most people don't realize how fortunate they are, and we are blessed. So when I listen to your story, one of the things I wonder is, having been through a number of different lives and different jobs and different companies, how's that changed the way you mother? What type of mom are you? As a result of all of these experiences,
1: yeah. Well, that's a great question. Um, yeah, I, I joke with Carrie. Um, this is the longest I've ever been at a job. <laughs> <laughs>
2: that's um, funny.
1: Yeah. So, yeah. You know, as far as like my parenting, I mean, I am a very um, hands-on parent. Like, I I love being able to like experience the world through. My kids eyes, cause mm-hmm. it's just, they're just so, everything is new to them and their creativity is just so, it's unfettered, you know, and it, they're not good at hiding their emotion. And yeah. I, I just absolutely love being able to take them into my woodworking shop. And like, if, if they want to do something, show them how to do it and. You know, I think a lot of that kind of goes back to growing up on a farm, you know, where we were very much just told to go explore and play. And if there was something that we wanted to do to figure out how to do it, and if we couldn't, you know, mom, dad, grandpa were there to, to, to guide us through that. And so I think that a lot of, you know, my parenting definitely comes from that. But also, like, I just really like to play, mm. you know, like. You, you get like you get to play, and mm-hmm. you just get to to experience life through them. And being a hundred percent honest, I mean, I wasn't always great at that. You know, when you when you run a business, you're you're working all the time. Like, it, if something arises at whatever time in realtors, no offense, <laughs> like right. they sometimes text at one, two in the morning, and mm-hmm. you know, a lot of times things are fires that need to be put out, or so they think. You know, there's really there's not many things that are true fires that have to be Mm -hmm. dealt with right, right then and there. But COVID was, was that time where it's like, we're just at home. Mm -hmm. We're at home and that's it. School was virtual. Like it was, it was such a big shift and I don't think that I'll ever go back to the way it was before where it's just like, no, if you guys want to do something, we're going to stop and we're going to do it.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: And, you know, I think the kids now know how to make sourdough bread and, um, Greek yogurt, and hmm. you know they they know most of the tools in my workshop, and mm-hmm. you know probably wouldn't know how to make a pillow if I if I needed them to. <laughs>
0: right. You told me that you decided that you couldn't find pillows that you needed and wanted, and and uh, yeah. tell that story.
1: Yeah. So, on top of our staging, we also do interior design for clients, and we've got two two of our stagers that do that, and they were always asking for pillows with metallic zippers,
2: hmm.
1: a nice shiny, shiny zipper. And they were so incredibly hard to find. And then I'd find them, they'd be like $80, 90 And, you know, for staging mm-hmm. an 80 or $90 pillow, that would not be a sustainable <laughs> business model. And so the summer of 2020, so, you know, not too far into COVID now in hindsight, my mother-in-law came to town and I'm like, and she's a master seamstress, you know, taught classes, worked for Viking. And I was like, I need I need to figure out how to make these pillows. And I I had sewing classes in high school and in, in It It's family and consumer sciences now, just mm-hmm. so that we're totally PC. And, you know, I could make some basic stuff. And, uh, you know, Kathy, Carrie's mom, spent three weeks with us the first time and, you know, got me a, an awesome machine and serger and Now cut to today, I've made just under probably 4,000 pillows. (laughs) I I think I can do them in my sleep. In fact, I probably dream about them. Uh, you know, and at the time, because the kids were virtual, I wasn't getting much time in my woodworking shop because I needed to be within earshot of the computer and, Mm -hmm. you know, be the IT person, you know, for school and answering questions. And, you know, that really allowed me to to be with the kids to be you know present um and it you know i'm a creative person i i have to have a creative outlet um and so it's it's great it it gives me my creative release that i need and mm-hmm. we need pillows for staging and I, I just absolutely love it it's it's fun
0: there's a certain drive though that underlies all of that you know to I think most people would have done dozens, maybe hundreds, but to knock out 4,000 pillows, there's a certain rive, you know, yeah. that underlies all of that. So in your life, I mean, you're in a really good place right now and you can tell. I mean, you have a beautiful, smart, successful wife. You have beautiful children. You have a great business, your health, right? Everything. Mm-hmm. Most of us, you've experienced some real downs, like, yeah. you know, on the force, growing up as a young child. Like, how do you teach, you know, how do you mentor? How do you teach people at work with you the art of overcoming?
1: Yeah. Wow. I guess I've never really, never thought of it as like a teachable thing, you know, cause it's just such, it's really what's formed me um, you know, and and who I am today. And I think, you know, to, to answer that without really knowing exactly how to answer that, I think, you know, with our team, um, you know, and we, we've been extremely fortunate in the team that we've put together. And, you know, I'm always, I'm always there for them, with them, you know, teaching, teaching them, you know, What I think is the right way, which definitely isn't by any means the right way. And just being there for them. I think a big thing is they see that drive and they see, they maybe don't see the adversity that I've had to overcome. But they, it's so much of who I am and I'm really kind of an open book you know, as far, I mean, I'm very private, but with the people that I'm close to, you know, it's one of the things that, you know, it, I, I love teaching. I love teaching woodworking. I, If somebody wants to learn how to make a pillow, I love being able to, to share that with somebody. And so much of, you know, my, my career has been spent, my careers have been spent in that like teaching and training, you know, as, as a manager, as training manager, things like that over the years, it's just so much of, of who I am, where, you know, everything that I've learned along the way, I love to, to impart on people, you know, what got me to where I am, like why I do things this way. Like I, yeah, it's just who I am, I guess.
0: (laughs) Well, it's all brought you to a really nice place, yeah, hasn't it?
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm extremely lucky. I mean, if, if 20 years ago you would have sat me down and asked me, "Where do you think you're going to be in 20 years?" Never would have been here. You right. know, it, it, I'm. Yeah, I love getting up every day. I love seeing what the challenge will be the, the day, and you know, figuring out new ways to grow business and. Mm-hmm yeah we're we're constantly thinking of new ideas and new businesses to start
0: in your free time
1: right right,
0: so what does the future hold?
1: Oh, who knows? I mean, we'll probably buy a few more rentals, you know the kids are now at the traveling age, so we'll get to share the world with them mm-hmm. um yeah i mean we'll we'll keep growing our staging and who knows i it it, it, it's a conversation that Carrie and I have frequently. You know, we we kind of sit down and and reassess business, and you know, talk about future business plans and life plans, and that's what makes it so fun. Mm-hmm. You know, owning your own business, and we get to pick, mm-hmm. we get to figure out what that what that's going to look like. So, yeah, I'm not sure.
0: Maybe to wrap up here. So it's said that in the real estate business for realtors third of the people are getting in third of the people are in and a third of the people are getting out at any given time we just hit a record of over a million and a half licensed realtors in this country it looks like like your business like every business it always looks easier from the outside looking in for somebody that's just getting started like you've done so many times and it's just not taking off yet as it probably didn't in the very beginning for you what type of advice would you give somebody that is can see the light at the end of the tunnel but it just seems far away and they're just kind of at wit's end
1: yeah i mean it it's a lot of hard work it's a lot of perseverance because there is there's a lot of failure there's a lot of like overcoming that initial getting started on anything, whether that's real estate, whether that's staging, whether it's a new career, you know, you just have to put in the time and keep working. And not everybody is maybe going to succeed at everything that they set out to do, but you learn from every mistake. You learn from every like challenge that maybe you don't always overcome. But like, I I feel that if you want something badly enough, and you work towards it, and you keep at it. Like you can, you can, you can achieve it. And you know, being able to ask people for help, you know, looking for those mentors, it, it's so important. You know, people that have done it, that have succeeded, they're there, they're resources. And I would venture to guess that most of them would love to sit down and have a cup of coffee, and you know, share their advice. You're a prime example of that. You know, you're, you're such a supportive person and you know, I I think if somebody cold called you and you never met them and they asked to sit down to pick your brain, you
0: time probably once a week.
1: Yeah. Right. Yeah.
0: Um, Yeah. You know, I believe in um, leading with your heart. I really think that if you lead with kindness and generosity and share, you've done two things. You've created, more success for the person that you're trying to help. But it also kind of forces you to continue to innovate and to grow because you're sharing all your best Mm -hmm. ideas. That's one of the things that our company does is we're always sharing our best ideas. And in doing so, we're always moving forward. Hopefully somebody that's listening will reach out to you. You'd be a great person to give advice, not just on work, but in life. And what you do is amazing, and the success that you've had, which hasn't come easy, is is amazing. But you as a person, that's the coolest part. That's why you're here. When I conceived of this podcast, it was just going to be realtors, and then I thought, there's no way I'm not going to talk to Jody. That's so so that's why I changed everything to include people that are allied with our business. So. Um, I'll finish the way I started. I feel lucky to know you. It's been a thrill to watch your success as a businesswoman, as a wife, as a mom, as a friend. It's all great. And all the BS you put up with for all those years, it's nice to see it's all paying off.
1: That means a lot to me. I really appreciate that.
0: Thank you. So I'd like to give a shout out to Podcast Town Studios, our producer, no sleep for creating the music. Please subscribe wherever you get your podcast. And if you believe that you or someone you know would be an ideal guest and would talk about not what they've done, but really who they are, why don't you reach out to me? I'm the easiest guy in the world to get a hold of. Thank you. you.